Welcome to Gospel Mission Church's message podcast. We pray that God will meet you in this time with a fresh revelation of His love for you and that you will be challenged to align with the amazing plans that God has waiting for you. Here's this week's message from Pastor Claude. So the theme that we have for this new year, 2024, is to make room, to make more room. In Isaiah 54, verse 2, it says, Enlarge the place of your tent. Can you say that to your neighbor? Enlarge the place of your tent. When you look at the context, when that was written, Isaiah wrote it. And when he wrote it, he refers to the people of Israel that were captive in Babylon. You remember the story of Daniel in Babylon, right? They were captives for 70 years. And so what happened is that Jerusalem was desolated, and Jerusalem was basically abandoned. It, 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 had, uh, it had memories of King David, memories of King, King Solomon, but now it was in ruin. The wall was down. And this is where you see Nehemiah and Ezra coming forward. And this is where you see the prophet um, Zacharias with Zerubbabel when, when God reveals himself to Zerubbabel and tells him, it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. So, so Isaiah prophesies that God would restore Israel again and that God would do an amazing work in Israel. And he compares Israel to the, a barren woman in verse 1 and saying, you barren woman, even though you feel barren, even though you are barren, even though it seems like there's no hope, he says, make room because I want to do something new. I want to do something fresh. I want to reveal myself in your life. And, and when I look at this story, it, there's so much hope because God is a God that intervenes when things are rough. God is a God that we can trust in. He's, he's trustworthy. And when we look at Isaiah 54, we have this invitation, where first of all, to Israel to enlarge their tent. But I believe for us too, when it comes to our lives, we have this invitation, this call to enlarge our tent. And if you look at verse 2 and verse 3 of chapter 54, actually I'm just going to do a portion of it today because of time. I'll wrap it up next week when it comes to making more room. It says, enlarge the place of your tent, stretch your tent curtains wide, do not hold back, Lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes, and you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendant will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. So what we find here, God is saying to Israel, enlarge the place of your tent. Make more room. Meaning that what you have is this size. I want you, in your mind, in your spirit, to prepare something bigger because I have something bigger for you. It talks about enlarging the tent. It talks about getting ready and preparing themselves for what God has in store. I believe that God is on the move all the time. I don't think we serve a God of status quo. Would you agree with me? I don't think God says, okay, now I'm done. I don't think God is, is, is on pause right now. He's active. And I look at Jesus when he said, I didn't even have, he says that he didn't have a, a, even a place to lay his head. And when he was on earth, he knew that he was on mission. And it's the same thing for us. We need to realize that we are on a mission. And then God has a, a call upon 
us and Paul a call upon me and you and corporately has a call upon us. And so God is on the move and God is up to something. And it's important for us to, to remember this, that there's no pause, there's no, well, if there's a pause, it's a time of rest. And when in that, in that time of rest, God is also up to something because he's restoring us, right? So God is on the move and, and, and God wants us to grow and, and it never stops, right? And God first wants to work in my life, and he wants to bring me deeper and further in him. Like, when it comes to 2024, I believe in my life, in your life, God wants to bring you deeper. Would you agree? He wants to bring you and me deeper in the things of the Lord. I I look at Mark chapter 10. We find this young, rich ruler that came to Jesus and he was a good man, and, and he, went, he came to see Jesus. He says, what shall I do to have eternal life? And, and, he said, and Jesus says, well, follow uh, the ordinance, fo- follow the principles of the law. And, and he says, well, I do that. I honor my parents. I, 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 I serve God. And, and he, he elaborates what he does. And then Jesus looks at him, and he says, that's fine. And, he, and he's, it says in the text that, uh, that he loved him. And, but he said, there's one thing. Go and sell all that you have and give it to the poor. And that was a major issue in his heart was the love for riches, and he was not able to let go. You see, even though he was a good man and he, was, he had grown in the things of God, there was an issue in his life that he needed to, needed to grow. And I think it's the same thing with us. Um, we might have grown and walked and progress and mature, but I don't think God is done, right? I think God still wants to work in my life and he still wants to fashion me. He still wants to remove the weeds in my life, right? And he wants to add, he wants to build me up, he wants to prepare me for what he has in store. I need to, I need to understand that. When I face this new, new year, I need to realize that God wants to do something in me. And so this is why we're called to make room for him so that he can speak into us, so that he can work in us, so that he can move us or move in us in a new, in a fresh way. Amen? So that's what we want to see. At the same time, I I believe that God wants to work in the church. And God wants us to move forward as a church. I believe that we have this responsibility to respond to God's call when it comes to moving forward. If you look at Proverbs chapter 3, verse, verse 5, it's, it's important for us not to lose sight of what God wants to do, right? Um, God expects us to move forward. In Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, a, a verse that you might have memorized, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart with all, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. So, so here it says that if you trust in the Lord with all your heart and you don't lean on your own understanding, in your ways acknowledge him, that we, we, look, we could stop there. But the purpose of that is that we, that, that we would walk in the path that he's set before us. So there's a path that God has set before me. God wants to move me forward. I look at Psalm 32 verse 8. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go, Right? I will counsel you and watch over you. He will counsel me, watch over me when I go forward, when I move forward. And he will instruct me and teach me as I go forward. So I want to see that in my life. We, we look at Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads me in green pastures, right? And, 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 and he guides me and, and, and is with me when I go through hardship. So, so the thought 
and the understanding that we're called to move forward, I think it's in the scriptures, that we're called to move forward, that we're not called to camp and say, okay, this is it, and, and, and we'll stop here. We're called to move forward. There's a quote from Michael Brown. He says, the biggest reason the church in America has lost so much ground in recent years is because we have become the church of the status quo, the assembly of the content and well-fed, drift, drifting aimlessly with the tide rather than being the revolutionary society we were called to be. And what he's talking about is there's no place for status quo. He's not talking here about politics. He's talking about the kingdom of God. He's talking about us responding to the call of God, realizing that God is not done. And, and, and why enlarge our tent? Why enlarge our tent? It's, we find that in verse 3. So we will spread to the right and to the left. Your descendant will dispossess nation and settle in their desolate cities. It's because God is up to something and God is about people. And so, so what we need to captivate this morning, what I want to share to you, is God is inviting us to see our future with faith and expectation and to make room. So when God was talking to the Israelite, he was saying, make room, expect. You see? We, we're not starting the year saying, oh, you know, God's not going to be there in the next year. We're not starting uh, this, uh, this year like there's no hope. We are a people that have hope, right? And we have a people that have expectation because God is in the boat. And so we want to see this and we want to step in what God has in store. So it's important for us to, to, to say, God, I want to make room for you. I want to respond to, to your call, and, and I want you to be in the center. I was reading a few weeks ago about William Carey. He, 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 he lived in the 1700s, and he was the first modern missionary. Uh, he believed that it was our responsibility to reach the word with the gospel. And um, uh, there's this quote of William Carey when he was speaking to a pastor's meeting and he was talking about reaching the world with the gospel. And then there's an older pastor responded in a rebuke. And he said, young man, sit down. When God will want to convert the heathen, he will do it without your aid and mine. And William sat down on that occasion, but he did not sit back. He, he lived in this environment, this theology. It was uh, extreme Calvinism where God would do everything and we would not be responsible, or that we're not responsible. And, and, and I think the old pastor was wrong. And this is where this, um, this, uh, this first modern missionary, this is where mission work comes from, from the uh, uh, William Carey that decided to branch out and say, no, I'm responsible for the call that God has placed on my life. And, and William Carey came out with this quote. Actually, he was preaching on, on, on Isaiah 54 about making room. And he, and he quotes this. He says, expect great things from God and attempt great things for God. God. What a quote. And it's easy to expect great things from God, but what about attempting great things for God? What a quote, right? Say, God, yeah, I want to expect from you, and this is faith, but there's also obedience where I want to attempt great things for you because you call me to make a difference. It's so important for us to realize that today. That God wants to, um, wants to make a move and wants to work in our lives. But there's also uh, the call for us to attempt and say, God, use me and send me and, and help me to be a vessel for you, right? Um, it made me think about 
the widow in 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 6, where you have this widow that just lost her husband, and now she's in debt, and she is to the point of losing her two sons. And then she wants to see the man of God, Elisha, and she said, I don't know what to do. My husband is dead. He served in the temple. He was a Levite. He was a good man. And my two boys, I'm going to lose my two boys. And he says to her, go and get some vases and get all the vases possible. And he says, what do you have? I've got a little bit of oil. And this is a story for me that really encourages me to, to see bigger and to expect more based on this story because she had a little bit of oil, nothing much. And then the man of God says, go and get some vases. And she sent her two boys to get all the vases that she could, they could find. And it says in verse 6, soon every container was full to the brim. Bring me another jar, she said to one of her sons. There's an, there, 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 there ain't any more, he told her. Then the, oil, uh, then the olive oil stopped to flow. Earth ran out of vessels before heaven ran out of oil. I look at this, I, I don't know how powerful this statement is, that earth ran out of vessel before heaven ran out of oil. And I believe that God's intervention is connected to movement. I believe one of the reasons we see God move is because there's movement. Every time there's movement, God intervenes. Every time there's obedience, every time that the church responds to God, God shows up. And sometimes what we want is we want to see God move, but we don't want to move. We want to see God do stuff, but we're not willing to step out. I like what Mark Twain said. Why not go to the, to the limb? That's where the fruit is. Why don't, like, are you willing to, to go, f- to leave the trunk, to go a little further, because this is where the fruits, fruits are. And, and I believe God wants to do that in our lives. And um, how many of you are 60, 64? Some of you had a few hands up in the first service. Few 64. And there's a story of Diana Nyad, and she was a swimmer, a professional swimmer, and she crossed, she did a lot of long distance in her prime. And one of the things she really wanted to do was to swim from the Key West or the Florida Keys to Cuba. And it's not that far, but it's a dangerous place to swim because of the currents. If you swim in the bad time or in the wrong season, the current can bring you to Africa. Or if you go another, another bad time, it can bring you to the Canadian coast or to the American coast, and, and then there's no way that you will be able to fulfill your mandate or your, or your, um, or your race or your swimming destination. And, and so the story goes is that she tried to do that in her 20s, and she failed, and she had this great idea in her 60s, to do it again. At 64, after five attempts, she swam 53 hours, and she made it. And the story goes that she almost died. It was not easy, and it was a, it was a real challenge, but she did it. When I saw this, I was saying, this is a lady that did it for, um, for her pride, and, and she was at 64, and she was bored in life. I, I was talking to uh, a couple a few weeks ago, and, and they, they don't come to the church, but they were, talking about, uh, they, they were talking about their lives. They're retired, and they have lots of money, and they basically spend their life in, in resorts, like 
So, so it's kind of cool to go to a resort, but all year, you know, so you, you go to the buffet, you eat, and then you go and you bake an ice on the beach, you know. It's, it's kind of cool to do it for a little bit, but to have your life like that with no purpose, with no significance, they were telling me their stories, and at first it was pretty interesting about what, where they were going, but the more they were talking, it's like, I don't want that lifestyle. You know, I, it, it's, it's not, to, not to have a purpose or not to have a, like a goal in life. I, I think life is very long. And I've noticed that this guy was very clingy. I understand why he was clingy. He needed to someone to talk because I, what do you do in a resort, like uh, resort after resort after resort? So all this to say, you might be 64, you might be uh, retired, uh, God is not done with you. Don't hang up your skates, right? Don't say, you know, oh, that was awesome in the past. You know, God did, God did this and God did that. Realize that God wants to work through your life, that God wants to set you on fire, that God might want to give you a new purpose and a new plan in your life. It's so important for us to, be, uh, to realize that God wants to do so much, but what we need to do is we got to open up to what he wants to do. When it comes to the church, it's the same thing. Where are we going to be in 10 years if the Lord's tarry? And I've got to live like he will tarry because that's what I'm responsible for. And I need to, I need to look and say, God, what are you up to? What do you want to do? Like we're running at three services. The service is basically full. They said 80% are full. So I'm saying, God, what do you want to do? And so we know that God wants to do more and that God wants to do, uh, want to do a work in our region. And I believe that God has placed a calling on Gospel Mission Church to, to do that. I'll give you a flashback of my life. When I was 25 years old, I was a ch- kind of a church planter, me and Michelin, we were kind of church planters and we were in the community. And that was a small community in northern Ontario, and we were called to pastor there, and we were meeting in a library. And this library that was, uh, like, when it came to a different season, it was, like, Halloween, it was, like, whatever, and, and Christmas it was whatever, and Easter was all whatever, but it was not, was not Christian. And, um, and we needed to have a home. It wasn't working. We needed to have a home. And especially for uh, French-Canadian if you don't have a building, then you're not a church. And we were not recognized as a church because we didn't have a building. And so then we, we start, start to ask God, what do you want to do? And, and the, the town donated, uh, the mill in the town donated the land. And I remember for a new, for a new building. And, and I remember I was 25, Josue's age. It was the sum of the year. I was taking a, a week of fasting and praying. And I was walking and I was just having this conversation with God. And, and there's this deposit in my heart, Claude, you're going to build. And I was saying, well, God, I, I'm 25. I, uh, I don't even know how to hammer a nail. And I've shared that before. I'm horrible in, in re- renovations. Uh, it's, my wife is really patient with me when it comes to that. Uh, I need to try it many times before I have it right. And so I was saying, God, I, I can't do it. It's impossible for me to do this. And, and I wanted to resign because I felt I didn't have the, the, the qualifications to do that. So what I remember talking to one of my leaders, I said, you know, God, I really believe God calls us to build, but we have about 40 people. I was under 50 people and mostly all women. And I think her budget was like, I can't remember, it was around $40,000 if that. 
and so it was impossible to build. So long story short is that I go to for my ordination in church. Uh, like I, I was in ministry for the last uh, six years, so I was ordained with my former denomination, and that ordination happened in Windsor, and we were about six, I can't, can't remember, around maybe, maybe 10 pastor couple that were being ordained, I can't remember, it was around that number, and so everyone would come forward, give a testimony, and then lay hands and, and celebrate the call of God on, on these couples. So when it came to my time, I saw three other pastors come on the stage and that was different from all the other ordination. And one of the pastors says, hey, Claude, we heard that you wanted to build in, in, in northern Ontario. Uh, we'll help you out. And another church, another pastor said the same thing. I had three churches about this size that said, we'll come and help you. And I thought at first it was only words, but it wasn't. They said, what we want you to do, Claude, we want you to prepare food. Uh, because we're going to send crews to build the church and we'll send many crews, and the three churches came together and sent crews a week at a time. And we even asked other churches in our region to help us because we had to feed all these people. And But it was amazing. Um, we had a guy that came to plaster the sanctuary. We don't even know where he was from. We don't even know where he was going. He did a fantastic job. We had someone that donated the carpet that we don't, like, I, I had no conversation with him. I, I went to preach in, in some churches uh, up in the region of, um, of Hamilton, and they had a collection. They gave us $15,000. I, I went to a ladies' camp, and they said, Chloe, we have a gift for you, $25,000 of pennies. It's unreal. And I didn't walk away with $25,000, but it was $25,000. Like, it was unreal. It was, we, we built a church for 300 When it was all said and done, it was, we owed, I believe, 133000 or 117 I can't remember. It was about that amount. It was unreal. We, we had no resources, and God intervened. And, and so, so it's, it's about making room. It's about stepping what God has in store. I remember a decade ago in our other church when we were around this table, around a table when we, lo we were looking at plans for the next building, and I remember Corny Rempel was beside me, and we were saying we need $100,000 more. And I was shaking inside. And I know he was too. We, we can't do it. We just can't. And now we look back a decade later, later and we say, God, you were so faithful. And, and what I'm trying to say is that our call is to make room. Our call is to step in faith. Our call is to believe God. Our call is to, to know that God is not done and that God wants to work in my life, but also in the church. And we're responsible to look ahead and say, where are we going to be in 10 years? Imagine if we're here in 10 years. That means that we've plateaued. We can't. Would you agree with me? You can't because we're on a mission. There's so much to do. And it's like, I'm looking at my journey. I said, well, I did one building program. Uh, I did two. I, I was saying, okay, I'm done now. But I, I just know that God is at work. And I need to make room. So I invite you to pray for this. I invite you to put yourself before God and to realize that the church is on a mission. And our goal is to see people be reached by the gospel. It's to see people be, we see people, to see prodigals uh, come to, to, the, to the renewed uh, commitment to Christ. And that's 
while we're here and to raise the next generation that God wants to, to send and, and to see multiplication. Amen? I would ask you to stand. Father, Father, we want to make room for you, and we want to make room for others. First, making room for you, we are the church made for you. Our first calling is to worship you and be devoted to you, not to be caught up with the zillion things of this world. We want to narrow our focus, and it has to be on you. Maybe you're here this morning and you've never committed your life to Jesus. You came with a friend. I'm going to tell you that if you say yes to Jesus, he's going to, he's going to rock your life. He's going to bring such a, a sense of peace in your heart because of forgiveness of sins, if you confess your sins. He's going to install into your heart purpose. It's going to be more than just drifting and going from A to B with no purpose. Maybe you're here this morning and you are over your 60s and, and you're just coasting. You hung your skates. Say, hey, I did my share. Well, maybe God is calling you to take your skates back out and to teach the next generation how to skate and to invest in others. Maybe you're here this morning and, and you're going through a rough time and you feel there's no way out. Well, Jesus want to step in your life. He wants to be present where you are right now. It doesn't matter where you are. He wants to be personal. I invite you just to say, God, I surrender. One of the biggest things in Christianity, the biggest call, and one of the hardest things to do, it's to surrender. It's to surrender. We want to make our, we want to do our own stuff. We want to be in control. But it's to say, God, I surrender. I surrender to you. I'm making room for you. I'm making room for you. Holy Spirit, I can't make room by myself. I need your assistance. I need your empowerment. I need you to come in my life to stir my heart. I want to be stirred in my heart when it comes to your will. I need you to come and move in me. I invite you to ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come. And, and stir into me a desire to make room. Give me a desire to make room. Give me a desire to shut the TV. Give me a desire to let go, let, put aside technology or, or whatever it is. Help me to do that so I can connect with Father, so I can see you move in me and sow in me the thoughts of, of the Father so that I can live a life like Jesus. A, live a, a life of sacrifice, a life of obedience, but a life of fruitfulness and purpose. May you do that in me, Lord. I just pray for a blessing upon your people as we enter this season. Father, I pray for revelation. I pray for ramas. I pray for encounters. I pray for calling. I pray for recommitments, for restoration in marriages. Lord, I just pray for the flow of your spirit for the next three weeks that you would work powerfully in our midst and that you would work in every home. Father, as a church, 
as a body, we say we want to make more room for you. We want to make more room for you, God. So be glorified, I pray. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. If there's anything we can do to help you along in your journey, email prayer at gmchurch.ca. If you'd like to see what's coming up at Gospel Mission Church or learn more about us, visit gmchurch.ca.